Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Down the stairs and into the cool-walled cellar. Pumps. Pipes, pistons, clockwork driving of gas, liquid and levers. O pub of chambers, pub of the low lamps, I am in your heart, deep in the moon underwater. Robin, 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 come over here, come over here. Okay. Can you see out the window, the helmsman? No, the helmsman, yes, the helmsman, coming with the helmets. That's how you know they're helmsmen, right? Yes, the helmsmen are at ease, Robin. Mm, It's very rare you see them at ease. No, yes, they're taking the helmets off and just sitting on them. Well, they're doing that thing where people throw dice against the wall. I'm not sure what the game is. Crap. Is it? What? (laughs) Isn't that what craps is? Oh, maybe it is. Is it a dice game or a card game? I can't remember. They're throwing some form of currency into their helmets. Yeah. And then throwing dice against the wall, playing playing for japes and crackers. Who knows? Oh, lovely. I lo- you love to see it. Yeah. Oh, and quick as a flash, there they are. Dice stuffed behind their, their sheaths. And they've got <laughs> their helmets on and they're standing to attention, Robin. I love it. They are well trained, and they and they know how to uh, move from downtime to uptime very quickly. From downtown Abbey to High Town, uh, you know Abbey as well. Yeah, it's two great abbeys, and I think the reason they're standing to such uh, adroit attention is to welcome this week's guest down the lane as she heads towards the moon underwater and into the pub. She comes. It's Deb Grant. Hello, Deb. Hello. I feel like I've just been listening in on a, a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Is that what was? <laughs> yeah, it was. It's not a million miles away. Yeah. Does does one get helmsman in the in the the, the the Dungeons and Dragons franchise? You don't try and put that back on me. I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, really? Yeah. The only thing I know is during the pandemic, I lived with someone who was a Dungeons and Dragons host, 
So you just he just go and you'd hear him from his room going, "I am the Goblin of Elderkeep," <laughs> like that. You know, he'd be doing all the voices and stuff. They take it quite. I think as a host, you're, you're obliged to take it incredibly seriously. Yeah, he, he did, definitely took it seriously. Yeah. I'm sorry that didn't work out. Obviously, you don't live with him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the reason. Okay, oh, no, no, I shouldn't move out. Anyway, good. Um, also, if you're playing craps. Uh, with Dungeons and Dragons dice, I believe they've got 11 or 12 sides. Yeah, something like that. Does that mean the odds are worse or better? Probably worse, right? Probably worse. But also, I mean, the the logical end for the the increasing sides of dice is you just end up with a sphere that that never falls on a number because you've got infinite numbers. Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, it sounds awful. It sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) So, Deb, you are uh, DJ, presenter extraordinaire, uh, resident on uh, Six Music and Jazz FM, and you also have residencies in uh, various venues. Can you tell us about the places where you have your residencies? Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, it's changed a little bit since the pandemic, but um, I don't play there as regularly as I used to, but... There's two main venues in in London where I've been a resident. One is Spiritland, which is like a cocktail bar in um, King's Cross. Both places really where I'm resident are, are kind of uh, audiophile, music nerd type places. So Spiritland is where you take all your weirdest records and you try and out weird the other DJs for five hours playing um, on their beautiful sound system. Uh, I try not to, I was about to say weird and challenging. I try not to play anything that's too super challenging, but it always definitely feels like you're uh, in competition with other DJs to play the weirdest stuff. And uh, the other one is The Social, which is um, anyone who works at the BBC will probably be quite familiar with. It's a bar on Little Portland Street in central London. And um, it's just a great, it's just an iconic uh, West End venue, basically. I would dearly love uh, to DJ somewhere where you could be rewarded for weirding people out. Because on the very rare occasions I'm asked to DJ for the producer of our Five Live show when he does his club nights, he's very much wall-to-wall bangers, give the people what they want, sort of, you know, time the BPMs as it gets later and later and later until everyone's just going absolutely nuts. Whereas I am more, let's start with a spoken word meatloaf track, <laughs> yes, then into a, bit of, into a bit of quite angular Frank Zappa, mm-hmm. um, just so people never quite get into the groove. Like They're mm. always quite sort of trying to follow it. Then they give up and sit down and I just get to play the songs I like. That is exactly what what uh, what I'm trying to uh, achieve, what I'm trying to do at any gig I play. <laughs> Make sure people sit down. Yeah. I don't want the pressure. And if they get the wrong idea and they do stand up and start dancing, like you say, you have to throw something into the mix that just completely throws them off and makes them sit down again. Mm. But uh, yeah. Is there a specific genre you play there because it could just be anything you're playing at that night pretty pretty much anything i mean i nothing that i play is is like uh weird as in kind of inaccessible you know i'm not going to put on any like 20 minute noise track or anything like that that's just for personal at home listening um or any really squawky jazz or anything i love frank zappa uh, i love prog rock and psych um i'm really into um there's no way of saying this without saying it really wanky. I'm really into like late 70s proto raps so and like really early rap music where they're rapping about stay in school and don't do drugs. That's like a, a, a like a particular era of music I'm really into. Like old electro, soul music, gospel, um, 
all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, anything. I like that word, angular, anything a little bit angular. There is something... I I don't like nightclubs when they're sort of like I know you're not we're not talking about sort of big nightclubs but I I don't like clubs or bars when they're really banging but there is something quite peaceful about being in a bar before the bar has opened when people are like setting up and the staff are setting up and you're setting up your like sound system or whatever and everyone's sort of unloading and you might have a drink at the bar when no one's there it almost feels a bit like you've snuck in (laughs) in a way that I don't think you would get with a pub because a pub has moments when it's in that state anyway. There's something about being somewhere that's designed for, to be full of people and quite sweaty when it's just you drinking a a beer at the end of the bar out of maybe a plastic glass, but you don't mind so much. (laughs) That's true. But does that not make you think, why do I enjoy this place, which was built for a lot of people to get together and, you know, share an experience. Why do I like it the best when it's completely empty and there's no one in here? <laughs> I don't know what yeah. you mean. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe I bring my own energy to, uh, <laughs> to sort of, sort of the, the, the nighttime yeah. economy. <laughs> I mean, my, I remember um, DJing at university. Or was, I used to DJ with my friend Mike. Um, I was DJ Maximum Energy and he was DJ Maximum Fun. Um, but we really, we really had some artistic clashes about the music we played because I was very much play what I want, and he was, he was, he was playing for other people, while well, I was just playing for myself. But you know, it really came to blows at times because I, I do, I think it's just really nice to hear unusual music loud because when you're in like a pub or a, 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 you know, a bar or whatever, and they're playing music and you know, just playing stuff you've heard. A million times before it's so, it's so refreshing when you hear something unusual or something maybe a bit you know more niche you know because you don't often hear it at that volume yeah I think so but I think uh I think we're in the minority there I think most people are very <laughs> happy to hear stuff they've heard a yeah. million times before so you're saying most people are with maximum fun as opposed to maximum <laughs> energy it's a real shame it yeah. is a real shame yeah maximum <laughs> energy is underrated I know <laughs> I, I remember before doing a stand-up tour show just getting my tour manager to play Astral Weeks really, really loud on the sound system in the venue. And it sounded fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah. I'll never, ever get to hear it like that unless I hire out a theatre. <laughs> Which you basically did. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I remember the first time I went to New York and went to a bar. And they were playing Martha, My Dear. In fact, they were playing the, the whole White Album. And I just thought, God, this sounds absolutely amazing. And I would never have heard it in a bar. At the time, I think you probably would now. But it wasn't the kind of thing that you'd go, you'd hear in a British pub, really. Yeah, it's funny. Like, it's weird that they don't uh, take the opportunity more often to like play an album in its entirety. Or just think about the music in a more kind of... I mean, obviously, uh, you know... Obviously, I'd be interested in in, uh, bars or pubs or restaurants or whatever, focusing on the music, because that's what I'm interested in. But yeah, it's weird that more places don't do it. I've noticed at comedy gigs, loads, what is this about? Loads of comedians will walk on stage or will, at the interval, play jazz music. Like I saw uh, Dylan Moran or Dylan Moran. I can't get my head around him pronouncing his surname Moran. Um, <laughs> uh, he played um, Chico Hamilton at the start of a gig and um, Stuart Lee uh, plays a lot of Coltrane and stuff like that. Is there a thing with comedy and jazz music? I'm not sure that those two comedians are representative of the, uh, <laughs> of the stand-up scene. That's disappointing. I gigged with Dylan a couple of times recently 
and I hadn't seen him for years and years and years. I think the way he approaches it is it's Moran when he's in Ireland and Moran when he's here because everyone here calls him Moran and I think he got sick of going it's Moran. Well, that makes me feel better, actually, that he's not just, you know, yeah, pretending. No, I, I, I made a point of announcing him on stage as Dylan Moran, but he, he's going through a bit of a jazz phase at the minute. Okay. His, um, his current thing is he takes a piano on stage and plays it despite not being able to play the piano <laughs> yeah. and it's 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 an interesting experience is he having a jazz crisis maybe that's my better way to describe it do you know it. what i have been looking i've been looking for a phrase to sum up dylan's set at the minute and it is a jazz crisis <laughs> but at times a very very funny jazz yeah. crisis yeah, yeah i do think sometimes people just use jazz as kind of shorthand for something else you know what i mean like it's in the same way some people get very annoyed when people say they listen to classical music to relax because classical music can be so, cover an enormous range of emotions. So to just put it down as relaxing is very kind of dismissive, which is not to say that it does actually work when you choose the right piece of music in like a dentist's waiting room or whatever. But yeah, I, th- I think, do think like some people with jazz, it's kind of like it's almost like a signifier of something, like, you know, sophistication. Oh, absolutely. Slightly different. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You often get people showing off like on Twitter they'll tag Jazz FM just in the garden with a beer listening to Jazz FM as though it communicates <laughs> something about their intellect when I know that I'm just yeah. playing I don't know Gregory Porter or something <laughs> completely yeah as, as, as a six music DJ as well how often do people tweet you and say they're dancing around their kitchen oh yeah well, I, did, I thought that was just me I didn't realize that was a six music cliche <laughs> that's a bit heartbreaking yeah oh sorry <laughs> they love an out dance around the kitchen they do they do yeah, they really, I've done it myself really well there yeah. you go obviously mm. there's something yeah, yeah that inspires that uh, yeah the music you play before and during an uh, uh, before a comedy show and during an interval is really important and actually last night I did a gig in Weymouth and I think they'd just been using this playlist that a, a sound tech put together 20 years ago forever and it was like really heavy new metal oh god sort of not the sort of slightly more um emo-y type but it was quite heavy stuff, like maybe Tool, that kind of thing. And I said to them, I said, can we, do you reckon we could put something a bit more upbeat, a bit more appropriate on? And they looked at me like I just asked for them to rewire the whole building. And they said, no, this is a playlist. <laughs> I was like, all right. But the the crowd were actually quite, quite dead when we went on, because mm. if the music is inappropriate, it, it, it basically stops them talking to each other. And... Um, if it's too loud, people don't talk. If it's too quiet, people don't talk. And there's a real thing, and I've had this like conversation via text with sound text before, like from backstage, going up a bit, up a bit, <laughs> up a bit, too loud, down a bit, because you want it at the point where people raise their voices slightly, yeah, but it doesn't stop them talking because that just gets the energy in the room going. But do you not get mm. to call the shots in ter- terms of what music you have? If Dylan Moran gets to put on Chico Hamilton, do you not get to put on Frank Zappa? I, I would at a tour show, but I I would this was like a mixed bill show in a theatre oh, okay. that I'd sort of been invited to, so they have their own setup. I have played Frank Zappa as audience walked in and it did did not set the rat tone. <laughs> another, <laughs> another thing that's I've noticed when I put music on before a gig or something. As you just suddenly realise, God, the music I like is so depressing. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Yeah, 
It's like people are coming in and going, bloody hell, this is a bit <laughs> miserable. The most upbeat yeah. track I would play uh, live is not upbeat enough even to be like the slow one you would play at the start of the night. So I get in real trouble. It's weird. Like you get that with, with DJing too. Like sometimes it is... Uh, sometimes you do feel incredibly self-conscious about something you love and then you put it on a turntable and you play it and you're like, actually, I don't know if I want to put this up for the judgment of other, or I don't know if I can be trusted to set the mood in this place. You know, it is quite a lot of pressure sometimes. Well, we're talking about venues. We're talking about music. A lot of these venues serve alcohol. Now, Deb, you said you're not a huge drinker, but you do hail from Dublin, was there a time when you were a drinker or have you have you just sort of uh, gone down a different path? Um, I definitely attempted a lot of drinking throughout my teenage years. And, um, I'm, I'm still giving it a bloody good go. <laughs> good for you. So I, I, I couldn't stick at it, unfortunately. Um, it just doesn't physically agree with me. I can't. So I think there's something. My mom is Jewish and she maintains there's some kind of genetic thing that Jewish people have where they're not very good at like processing alcohol you know we're like a people with the who tend to have a sensitive stomach and I think whatever gene that is I've inherited it because I persevered all throughout my teenage years and my early 20s and stuff with drinking but I just can't uh, I just can't hold my drink down I don't know if I'm allergic to it I mean I do try like on occasion I'll have a go but yeah it just doesn't it doesn't agree with me and it's a shame because uh uh, you know, I think I'm quite fun when I'm drunk, but yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Are there traditional Jewish alcoholic drinks? Oh, yeah. Well, this is the other thing with alcohol is that I have the palate of like a five-year-old child. <laughs> but the Jewish the Jewish drinks, you've got the Kiddush wine, which you have at like Passover, which is basically like a Ribena, alcoholic Ribena. So I do I do enjoy the, the Jewish wine. Yeah. Um, but again, I can't I can't really have too much of it. And I like a Bailey's and a, you know, anything that tastes like ice cream or pick and mix, I'm into, yeah. Well, let's get to work uh, constructing this dream pub, and it'll be interesting to see what you choose. Is your pub going to be a pub slash music venue? Well, I'm conflicted over this because I know we just had a big conversation about about music and how important music is to set the tone. I also find it, if I'm just a patron of a place, I find it quite difficult to, um, I find listening to music passively really difficult. There's this joke, obviously a lot of my friends are DJs and uh, I have the piss taken out of me quite a lot. Um, a lot of them tell me that, like, uh, you know, the, the sort of uh, line is that I hate music because I find I find music really distracting. Like if I'm in a place and the music is loud or even if it's something I'm enjoying, I find it really hard to hold a conversation. Like I'll never have background music on if I'm doing something else. And um, there was a pub. Uh, I used to live in uh the middle of Hackney and there was a pub across the road from my house where I used to always go on like Tinder dates and there was no, they didn't have a music license so it was like this big hollow barn completely void of any atmosphere and <laughs> to me it was like the perfect place to go and have a conversation with someone because there was no music there to distract me so I don't know I'm on the fence about this. I think if it was something I don't think I could tolerated being a music venue because what would that mean that like you have some people in the corner chatting and then there's someone on stage playing music I mean that's just appalling as a concept to me I, th I think the best pub music I ever heard would have been at the Harcourt Arms in Oxford 
and once we walked in and it was usually jazz but it was just a Django Reinhardt like best of it was absolutely perfect to be had sort of low in the mix and it was it was like that diff- mixture of engaging but not like distracting and it could function as background music despite being absolutely brilliant so i think that's probably what i would want in a in a pub yeah. that sort of my, thing my pet peeve of um songs being played in pubs is um where when it's sort of a okay so it's you know papa um you know papa was a rolling stone mm-hmm. it's a great song but it gets played in pubs a lot and sometimes all you can hear is the bass line and that song is just the same thing yeah. all the way through so you're just having a chat and you just hear and like like for about 10 minutes and you're just like and it's like it starts to get quite annoying yeah you know yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. There's some like that kind of song. You can just imagine it's like an irritating neighbor playing it through the wall or something, and all yeah. you can hear is the bare bones of it. Yeah, I like the idea of something like Django Reinhardt because it's all quite samey all the way through. You know, it's not going to be like one tune is one you love and then another. Like it all, you know, it's just it's more of a soundscape. Um, so I like the sound of that. The idea of a venue at the same time as it being a pub, I find. Uh, I just can't, I I hate the idea of someone like being up on stage playing music and then other people are in the corner talking. I think that I would find that, I think I'd have to get up and leave. I find that quite difficult. So yeah, maybe a bit of Django Reinhardt. I think that's a good shout. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, let's start off uh, kidding out this pub. We've got two draft options from you. Just a reminder, not everything needs to be alcoholic. Not anything needs to be alcoholic. It's whatever your mind reveals in front of you. Uh, so what would you want on draft? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's this there's this bit in um, Seinfeld, which as a non-drinker I really identify with, where they're going to a dinner party and they have to go and buy wine before they go to this dinner party. And George is like, why do I have to buy wine? I drink Pepsi. And they're like, you can't. <laughs> can't take pepsi to a dinner party <laughs> why not <laughs> you're drink pepsi so i think i'd have pepsi on draft nice. just as a little act of uh, of protest i feel like i'm gonna just I, I feel like by the end of this um recording you guys are just going to be completely horrified <laughs> by everything uh, no. <laughs> i feel like this goes against every principle of anyone who enjoys pubs 
<laughs> you, can, you can enjoy pubs without enjoying alcohol. And we have a lot of people who, who visit this realm who don't drink. It's absolutely fine. And Pepsi? Who doesn't like an ice-cold Pepsi on a summer's day? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're with me on that. But I think I'll, I'll have a beer on draft as well. When I was drinking um, or attempting to drink, I used to go to gigs sometimes with my dad. And he'd buy me like a half of um, Smithix. Have you got Smithix in this country? It's like a stout, I think. Ooh. It's much more. I mean, it's it's it is an Irish stout, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it must be. Yeah, you, you, you don't see it very often here. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind a Smithix. I quite, even though it tastes like beer, um, I quite like it. So maybe a Smithix on draft just for nostalgia and to please people who do who don't want to drink Pepsi, the weirdos. <laughs> oh, I like the look of this. It's um, it's sort of like a red ale slash stout. I mean, all beer tastes the same to me. Yeah, (laughs) whatever you say. It's good though. I, you know, it. Like I say, it tastes like beer. It's not like, Mm. you know, it's. I mean, that's that's the most I can say about it, really. But yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind a bit of Smithix. No, Smithix is a fantastic choice, and to go with the Pepsi, it's it's everything. (laughs) Yeah, it's everything you need. Could there be some? Is there such thing like you could? Is could you invent like a stout spritzer, half Pepsi, half Smithix? Well, I think, think Robin, you've had a sort of stout spritzer, haven't you? Have I? How did you have Prosecco and Guinness once? What? Well, oh, that's that's a thing, though. That's yeah. black, velvet, black velvet. Is yeah. that really a it's thing? Champ- champagne, champagne and Guinness, yeah. That sounds absolutely lethal. I don't... any Anything with Prosecco in it... I mean, it sounds disgusting, but it sounds lethal in terms of the alcohol. The, the only... Um, the last time I got prop, I mean, I don't drink very often, so it doesn't take much to get me hammered. But the last time I got properly hammered, I had two Prosecco cocktails and um, I literally couldn't move. Did the Guinness Guinness uh, Prosecco combo have that same effect on you? Um, no, I didn't feel particularly well, uh, <laughs> but I could move. You could move. Yeah. <laughs> you probably got more practicing than me, to be fair. <laughs> What's your favourite? Does it exist? Pour me an ale. Are pubs real? Pubs in the distance. Shrouded in mist. Are pubs real? Your next choice is two bottles and or cans. Okay. Um, so feel free to do your absolute worst. Okay. <laughs> it gets worse. Um, so I'm thinking uh, in Ireland we have this brand, or at least, I mean, I've moved away 18 years ago, so I assume this still exists. We had this, first of all, we called soft drinks minerals. And we have this brand of minerals called TK. And there was a cream soda and there was a red lemonade, Mm. um, which I don't think exists in this country either. And I think it's just normal lemonade, but with red food coloring in it. Um, Again, for nostalgia purposes, if TK cream soda and red lemonade was available, that would be really pleasing. Stunning. Is Is this like the Scottish thing of calling soft drinks juice? Is that what they is juice. that what they call soft drinks? Yeah. 
Yeah. Really? I don't know. Maybe it is. I mean, yeah, because juice implies some kind of healthful properties and so does minerals. Minerals, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe. So, I'm, look, you can get TK in uh, two litre bottles, the red the red lemonade. You can also get it in the sort of classic 500 millers. Um, is that just sort of um, a, a soft drink for young kids or would would stuff get added to that as the as the years drew on? Oh, I'm sure we added stuff to to uh, red lemonade when I was a teenager. I mean, yeah, we. Um, I'm sure, yeah, I I can picture myself getting an agon of vodka and a bottle of TK red lemonade and putting those two things together. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, like um, you know, red lemonade is very versatile. <laughs> I'm sure it works very well as a mixer. And what would be your second <laughs> bottle or can? Oh well, I I. Yeah, I think I quite like, I mean, you know, I, I, it would normally be my preference not to sit down and have like some massively sugary children's drink. I do like these hipster um, seltzers. You can get the kind of just taste like a whisper of nothing. I probably don't actually <laughs> have. It's just a, a emperor's new clothes thing. They probably don't have any flavor in them at all whatsoever, but they claim to have the flavor of yuzu or whatever that is. So uh, I quite like these um, pretentious, expensive seltzers. So a couple of those would be good as well. Nice. There was that kind of phase of sort of, quite hip drinks coming out and it seemed like the more disgusting they were the more it was kind of the point that they were that disgusting but that's how i feel about wine oh is it yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. i definitely um coconut water was a thing a few years back wasn't I it i think it's still it a thing just, is it's it still yeah absolutely rank it is pretty rank. so horrible yeah there's a, a tiktok trend of um pouring coconut well, not that I'm on TikTok but this filtered down to me as a Luddite um, you pour coconut water on berries and put ice cubes in it and it's called nature's cereal but that, how would how, did you eat that or do you drink it you, you, what do you do with eat it? it with a spoon uh, I guess and then you drink the remaining coconut water in, and ice I suppose and it's healthy. Yeah. yeah it sounds rubbish <laughs> <laughs> probably not as good as real cereal but then it's nature's cereal so you know yeah i mean isn't isn't cereal nature's cereal (laughs) i suppose you could argue that as well yeah that's true yeah good point well uh fantastic choices so far we've got pepsi and smithix on draft uh we've got bottles of tk red lemonade and any pretentious seltzer is there a specific flavor that you remember like mahogany and tea tree or something (laughs) I think any flavour I'd name would be completely arbitrary because I think they all taste nothing, let's be honest. Maybe a picture of, I don't know, um, uh, a banana on the front of the can um, just to give a suggestion of something, but yeah. Banana essence. Yeah, exactly. Well, we take a break from Deb Grant's Dream Pub to head over to Robin Allender for the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. Thanks, John. Welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. I've been uh, recently reading the poetry of Thomas Hardy. And it's 
really hilarious to go through the index because all the poems have got such miserable titles. To give you a flavour, By the Earth's Corpse, Spectres That Grieve, Are You Digging My Grave? <laughs> Lonely Days, and of course, Murmurs in the Gloom. Sounds like John's <laughs> latest stand-up set. Anyway, I thought it might be funny to see if you could work out, if you can tell, the difference between a Thomas Hardy poem and a song title by those other exponents of exquisite misery, The Cure. So in each question, I will give you two titles, and you have to tell me which one is a poem by Thomas Hardy and which one is a song by The Cure, who I actually find really uplifting, by the way. Um, but how, how, are you on the, how are you on The Cure, Deb? Oh, yeah, yeah, I like The Cure. I mean, I'm not an expert, but yeah, I'll give it a go. Cool, cool. Okay, John, how are you on Hardy and or The Cure? Well, I'm not a curist purist. Um, I've not actually, I don't think I've experienced the cure beyond what I would have picked up um, sort of by osmosis. Hardy, I read quite a lot at school, but I'm not sure I was quite ready for it because I think Philip Larkin had a big Hardy period. So I probably got... Hard on for Hardy. I probably got a hard on for Hardy through that. But um, Sorry. Debbie, do you, are you a fan of Hardy? Have you read much? No, I don't. No, I don't think I have. I don't think I've read anything by Hardy. It's good. To the, the, I, I like the novels a lot. I've never really delved into the poetry. Isn't Melvin much, Bragg a big fan of Thomas Hardy? I think so, yeah. When they did Hardy on um, In Our Time, you could tell Bragg had a real spring in his step. He had a hard on for Hardy. Yeah, he was he was chumping at the bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Because it's Cumbrian, isn't it? No. Southwest. Nah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so let's crack on with the quiz. So what I'll do, Deb, is I'm going to do three questions and then we we'll, you can make notes and have a think and a ponder. And then in part two, we'll go through the answers and see how well everyone did. So question one. So these are two titles. Question one, A Meeting with Despair and The Funeral Party. So which one is Cure and which one is Hardy? Hmm. A Meeting with Despair and The Funeral Party. Question two, The Drowning Man and The Ghost of the Past. So the drowning man and the ghost of the past. And question three is rain on a grave and <laughs> and prayers for rain. So those are your three questions. Hardy or the cure? It's good stuff. Thank you very much. We will be back in part two with the answers uh, to the Moon Underwater pub quiz. Uh, but right now, it just remains for me to say, you can email us, john at moonunderpod, on any topic, pub-like or publy. And also, you can follow us and support us on Patreon by going to moonunderpod.com, and that will give you access to uh, the bonus podcast, Behind the Cellar Door, and also Deb Grant's special selection, her dream pub companion. Uh, so if you want to sign up, head over to that website, but if not, we'll see you back in part two. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.